cowboy place, ain't no time like a cowboy time. Ain't no way like the cowboy way, have a cowboy kind of day, yeah. Try the new Big Sky Burger at Roy Rogers. It's Smithfield pulled pork, beer battered onion rings, American cheese, and spicy barbecue sauce on a Kaiser bun. Have a cowboy kind of day at Roy's, ain't no way you're going wrong, hey, yeah. DoorDash and Uber Eats available at participating restaurants. Hello and welcome. It's Saturday afternoon. Thank you very much, folks, for tuning in on this derby day. The big Kentucky Derby. Um, so it should be exciting, although I think it's going to be a rain out down there. So that may change how you bet. But hopefully you'll have a winner, just like the stock market. If you've been invested in stocks, you are definitely a winner. So I thank you for tuning in today. I know you have choices, and I truly appreciate you coming here and listening as you do week in, week out. Our phone numbers, any questions you have, because we have a lot to talk about, and I'd love to hear what you'd like to ask. Our phone numbers today, 1-800-TALK-WGY. That's 1-800-825-5949. Any questions whatsoever. And I'm not even sure where, we, where to get started. You know, you had announcements from GE this week. Uh Good earnings, could be timing. I'm still not a fan of buying GE. We will not be buying GE. But I know a lot of people listening own GE. And the question for them is, what do I do? I know that there are so many, so many investors locally that might have worked at GE, retired, kept all all of their, their, their pension money invested in GE. And I'm telling you, folks, GE today is not the company that it was in the 70s, 80s, even in the 90s. GE is a completely different company and not for the better. What went as being the largest company in the world, they're just surviving, folks, surviving. Who would have ever thought? And I'm not sure where, where, where you place blame. You know, you had Jack Welch who, you know, not everybody loved working for the guy, but boy, if you were a shareholder and you owned GE stock, he did well by us. We owned a lot of GE back then. He did well. And then all of a sudden he retired. Jeff Vimelt, in hindsight, looks to be a complete dope. And I, and I say that because any CEO that has an empty private jet follow him around the world at the cost of... Who knows how many hundreds of millions of dollars a year he would spend to have two private jets. One, just in case his broke down. See, too, too good to maybe even grab a first-class ticket and then a commercial airline? Are you kidding me? Just arrogance, arrogance. In hindsight, the company suffered under his leadership. Then we had Flannery, who was there just for a short period of time, and now Larry Culp. So... We can talk about GE. We can talk about the stock market, NASDAQ, record highs, S&P, almost record highs. It, it hit another record high this week, but we're just not quite there. But we're literally, folks, within a, just a, a smidgen of record high. You had the jobs report. You had the Fed Reserve meet, meeting this week. There's a lot to talk about. And when you when you think about um your, your investments, 
holy moly. If you're invested in the S&P 500 index, which I think is the best benchmark to measure any portfolio against, that is the broad stock market index. Accounts for just about all all of the stocks that trade in the United States. These 502 companies are what it's based on. And the S&P year-to-date up 17.5%. NASDAQ up 23%. And if you buy the Q's, QQQ, which is the NASDAQ 100 composite, the 100 largest companies in NASDAQ, you're up 24% year-to-date. Absolutely. You're nailing it. Killing it. Making money. Which is why you can't time the market. I can't stress that enough. Even the Russell 2000, which is really an index of small and mid-cap stocks, up just about 20%. What a change compared to October, November, and December. The market's bottomed on on um, Christmas Eve. And the S&P, I think, is up about 25% since Christmas Eve. So if you didn't get scared out of the markets, you're doing just fine. And that's what it's all about, making money, long-term making money. Stocks long-term make money. Stocks short-term, day-to-day, could be volatile, could be up, could be down, doesn't matter. You shouldn't get concerned about that. If you have a good portfolio, let time do what time does best. And that basically heals all wounds. There's not one thing that can happen in the world where the stock market won't recover from. You think of everything that's happened over the last hundred years, the stock market's recovered from it all. And I can't imagine over the next hundred years, things will change, which is why it just, it, it's crazy when, when, when you have some bad news, when you have some dopes on TV that, that are trying to scare investors and investors, you know, truly make irrational decisions based on their emotions that they sell out of the market because, you know, ooh, you know, there may be a recession. Folks, I don't think there's going to be a recession this year, next year, maybe not for a couple, two, three years. And so what? So what? There is going to be a recession. I don't know when, but so what? It'll come and it will leave. But this is the most talked about phantom in recession period of time I've ever, ever I've ever heard anybody talk about. Sure, we had an inverted yield curve. That's usually a telltale sign that there's a recession on the horizon. It lasted three minutes about a month ago. Three minutes. Sure, the stock market's longest-running rally ever. Okay, does that mean it has to end if the economy's doing well, if corporate America's making money and people are going back to work and not only going back to work but getting paid more? No, it doesn't have to end. It doesn't have to end today. And you have this economy. This summer will be the longest-running economy we've ever seen. That's good, but it doesn't mean it has to end. So when I think of investors that 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 make moves based on their emotions, my heart aches for them. It just aches. You know, I sound like I'm 
an optimist bull for stocks. And I am. Wrestle me to the ground. Let me pick one asset class, stocks, bonds, commodities, real estate, cash. I'll take stocks all day long. All day long. I'm not afraid of the ups and downs, whether it be for a day, a week, or a quarter like October, November, December. And sure, we gave a little bit back last year, but that's okay. That comes with the territory, which is why I always say, if you don't need your money for the next year or two, or I should say, let me reverse that, if you need money over the next year or two, it should not be invested in the stock market. It should not be. Don't get greedy. Don't take chances. 1-800-TALK-WGY. 1-800-825-5949. Any questions at all, give me a call. Please, any questions. I'd love to talk to you on this. You know, I know we have clients in 21 states and overseas, and I know a lot of them listen. And I can tell you, in upstate New York, and I think for, for really kind of a lot of the eastern part of the country, what a dreary day. We just, we're not getting any sun, any warmth. We need some sun. We need some warmth. We need some vitamin D. What's wrong with vitamin D? It's, uh, it's, it's good, right? You have your vitamin C with, with your um, orange juice. How about some vitamin D with some sunshine? 1-800-TALK-WGY, 1-800-825-5949. So I was going to have Zach play a little music from Woodstock. Not because I'm here to promote Woodstock. Actually, they actually canceled um, the festival. Am I correct, Zach? Is it done? Canceled the Woodstock festival? Zach's shaking his head. Um, yes, it's 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 canceled. But it was the 50-year 50, 50 anniversary. But the reason why I'm a little giddy about 1969 is we have a jobless rate that we haven't seen this low since 1969. Let's party like it's 1999. Folks, people are back to work. And it's a good thing. It's a good thing. There's a lot of jobs out there. Problem is there's a lot of people that won't take a lot of these jobs. It's below them. They're just, they're, there's no incentive for them. But there's a lot of jobs out there. If you're sitting at home and twiddling your thumbs and watching, you know, soap operas, when you have an opportunity to go out and work, go out and work. There's jobs out there. We just can't get people to, to, to take them. And, you know, I pulled in here today and I'm, 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 I'm watching some landscaping company out, you know, kind of making things look pretty. There's a lot of those jobs out there. Nobody wants to work. But boy, I tell you, if the laws were different, if the visas were loosened up a lot, you'd have a lot of people coming up from Mexico and other parts of, of um, you know, outside of the United States that would welcome the opportunity of doing these jobs. Work hard, good people. Take that money and send it back home to provide for their family. There's a lot of hardworking people out there that would love these jobs. Love them. You know, just talk about the Derby. Let's talk about Saratoga. You know, the backstretch workers, people I respect very much. These people, you know, horses need 
365 days a year care every day, every morning, 5 a.m., as soon as this, before the sun comes up. You know, whether they're muckers or walkers or whatever they may be, these trainers, they, they, they can't get people to work these jobs. So they rely on the visas. There's so many. I mean, I can go on and on and on. Go to, go to New York City. I mean, I can't remember the last time I went to an Italian restaurant and I saw a real Italian. There's so many wonderful people out there that, that are taking these jobs that nobody wants to do. So the jobless rate hits a 50-year low. When you look at the, the, the labor market, Unemployment is down to 3.6%. We added 263,000 jobs. This is the 103rd straight month of job gains. The jobless rate, as I just said, fell to 3.6%, the lowest since December 1969. Markets acted very positively. The Dow Jones Industrial Average up almost 200 points. Um, the U.S. economy, you know, after, after you know, the fourth quarter, October, November, December of 18, and the rocky start that we had, things have turned around. The Federal Reserve met this week. More than likely, they're not going to raise rates, and more than likely, they're not going to cut rates. That's okay. I know President Trump would love them to cut rates, but I don't see it. I don't think they'll cut rates probably because President Trump wants them to cut rates. You know, you can't mess with the Fed. The, there, there should be no influence on the Fed, and I'm a strong believer in that. I don't think there should be any, any outside influences on the Fed. So we'll talk more about, about that later. But the jobs report basically better than expected. And when you, when you look at, so we added 263,000 jobs. I think Wall Street was looking for 190,000 jobs. Um, we had we had the the unemployment rate ticking down to 3.6 percent. The participation rate ticked down as well. That means not as many people were out looking for jobs, which is crazy because hourly average um, wages are are up 3.2 percent. And that means that companies are paying more to get good workers. So there's, there's good reason out there for people to go back to work. I mean, they really are. They're, they're getting jobs and they're being paid more. And, you know, when, when you look a year ago, we had a 2.8% increase in hourly average wages. And, and here we are today at 3.2%, which is pretty good. Um, you know, so workers are getting better pay, nice raises, good jobs. You also had this week, you you saw the consumer price index. You know, if you look, the consumer price index is up just under 2%. So workers are getting paid more. They're getting raises more than the increase of the cost of goods and services. You know, if, if you bought a loaf of bread last year for a dollar well this year it's going to cost 1.9 percent more so um you're going to pay almost a dollar two for that loaf of bread but if you got paid a dollar now your average hourly wages are up 3.2 percent so now you're getting paid a dollar three 
and that's um, more than than the dollar one nine that inflation. So that's good news. That's great news. But employers are, you know, as I said, I I, I don't want to sound like I'm a Debbie Downer, but employers are having a hard time finding workers. There's still a lot of people that that aren't coming off the sidelines. They're, you know, whether I hate to say this, whether they're benefiting from entitlement programs and, you know, they're just not being paid enough to leave, leave the cushy couch of theirs. I'm not sure, you know, there, there's a lot of reason why people should be looking for, for work. There's jobs out there. The jobs are there. It's just crazy that, that we don't have um, more people participating in, in, the, in the workforce. So you have, um, you know, uh, you know, basically things think things are looking good when you look at the at the revised number for. So this was the April's jobs report that was just reported on Friday, two hundred and sixty three thousand jobs. Then when you look at the revision for February and March, I think it was a net increase of I think it was sixteen thousand new jobs that were added as Ryan always says it's not so much a jobs report it's the revisions for the last two months because that gives you a pretty good indicator of what really went on for the last two months this jobs report can be revised we've seen revisions sometimes it surprises us for the good or the bad but for february and march we saw net 16,000 new jobs added to the numbers that were announced so that was that was good news as well and when you look at um you know, this week the supply management pointed to slower job growth for both manufacturing and the service sector, like companies. So, you know, I'm not sure why that is. I know the U.S.-China trade deal, the tariffs that were put in, did not hurt corporate America like so many feared it would back in the fourth quarter of 2018. Companies seem to be getting by that you had the gdp gross domestic product you know an increase of 3.2 percent rate for the first three months of the year that's good you had consumer confidence that came out and it was it was stronger and remember folks the consumer makes up two-thirds of the economy this is why when the consumer feels good we all benefit from that the consumer is what drives the economy. Two-thirds of the economy is made up by consumers. So with consumer confidence up, with consumers being paid more, with consumers going back to work, that's good for the economy, which, as I started out the show, I said, so why does this rally have to end? Just because it's the longest on record? Sure, it started, you know, March 2009. Here we are. May 2019, so 10 years, a couple months, doesn't mean it has to end. We meet as an investment committee every week. We talk about this week in, week out. And I'm in a camp where I think things look good. I think there's room for this market to continue. Sure, there's reasons why it may not, but as Warren Buffett says, it's a different economy today. Here's a guy that's coming from experience and it is a different economy today i can't tell you exactly why things are different 
But things are different. And I love the U.S. economy. I love the U.S. stock market. It's why we don't own any European or developed international holdings in our portfolio. I don't have one one dollar invested in developed international holdings. I got out of it last year. We are all invested in the U.S. stock market and emerging markets. Emerging markets for that growth, even though last year was was a, a bad year in emerging markets, we're very underweight in emerging markets. If you look at our, if you just strip out our equity sleeve, we're 10% invested in emerging markets, 90% invested in the U.S. stock market. I am very comfortable with that. Our U.S. stock market sleeve alone is outperforming the S&P, and I love it when we're outperforming the S&P. Our, our U.S. stock holdings, is, we're, we're nailing it, and I'm very happy about that. So when I sit here week in, week out, and remind the listening audience that stocks isn't a bad place to be, it's because I truly feel that most investors should have some money invested in the stock market, and I don't think they should, they should be scared out of the stock market. I don't think that they should let their emotions get in the way of making prudent investment decisions, which is why our clients give us full discretion to make investment decisions on their behalf. They put their trust in our ability. And I have a pretty good team. I've surrounded myself by 10 professionals that I'm very proud of. One of the reasons why I think in the country, Charles Schwab, I talk about this once in a while, surveyed 1,300 wealth management firms, best managed wealth management firms in the country, and we're in the top 3%. They measure like 100 different factors. I'm, I, I am so proud of the job we do for our clients. And I tell every client when they engage our services, other than guaranteeing them that they'll lose money, and I know I say that week in, week out. I can't remind you enough, folks. If you're investing in stocks, I guarantee you, you're going to lose money. Maybe for a day, maybe for a week, and maybe for a month or a year like last year where you lose money. It, it comes with the territory. Don't let it get to you. It's part of being invested. But the other thing that I that I tell every new client is when they put their trust in our services, I, I, I don't take that lightly. It's serious business. When somebody looks me in the eye and they say they trust me to manage their wealth, I take that very seriously. And I'm going to do the absolute best job I can do for each and every one of my clients. I've been acting as a fiduciary since 1993, which means that all I care about is what's right for my clients. And that's why 100% of my money is invested exactly like my clients. For those of you listening, if you work with an investment manager, ask them on Monday how their money's invested. Ask them if they're invested exactly like you are. 1-800-TALK-WGY, 1-800-825-5949. We have Michelle on hold. Hello, Michelle. Hello. How are you? 
I'm good. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Every day I get out of bed, Michelle, I feel like I'm on top of the world. I hear you. I agree with that wholeheartedly. So I'm going to um, ask you to do me a favor. We're going to take a break for the news in about 10 seconds. Will you stay with me and I'll pick you up on the other side of the news? Sure. Perfect. Stay on hold and I'll see you in two quick minutes. Okay. Hello and welcome back. Thank you for hanging in through the news. Hey, don't forget the Johnsons are coming over. I want to find a rosé Jill hasn't tried yet. Let's go exploring at Total Wine. Their prices are ridiculously low. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, always low prices. Total Wine and more. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Thank you for listening today, and let's go right back to the phone lines. Let me give out the numbers, though. 1-800-TALK-WGY, 1-800-825-5949. We have Michelle. Michelle, thank you for holding through the news. How are you? I'm good. What can I help you with today? Well, I am 53. I'm getting ready to retire in about two and a half years. Nice. I have a, I have a very diversified portfolio, and I do know that my financial guy has me and everything that he's in as well. Good, good, um, good. My question is, you know, when I'm seeing the stock market, obviously this quarter, go up significantly, I had sent to uh, my person... Should I be, like, taking some of those gains and then putting them into kind of more stable accounts, knowing that I'm going to retire fairly soon? And what did your uh, guy I tell you? obviously take those gains. <laughs> what did your guy tell you? Well, he told me at least for another year, hang in there. Um, you know, we're not going to, he said, we're not going to make any changes yet. He said, maybe in another year we'll start looking at, you know, moving some money over into a little more stable accounts. But he said, you know, I want you to still take advantage of the market that's doing well. Well, I'm afraid what happens when the market doesn't do well, and I still want to retire in two and a half years. Michelle, if I was your guy, you want to know what I would tell you? Yes. I would tell you I admire you for having a, a diversified portfolio. I would tell you and remind you just how young you are. At 53 and being able to retire at 55 is a pretty sweet thing. And then I would remind you that just because you're retiring, you don't plan on dying. And if you were my client, I would be telling you, I'm going to plan out your retirement for the next 35 years. I'm going to take you all the way to age 90, and I'm going to show you how you're going to look. And then I would show you that if you took all of your money and you stuffed it under the mattress, how you would run out of money. And I would also show mm -hmm. you that if you stay in a diversified portfolio, especially being as young as you are, how much better off you'll be over those 35 years. So just because you plan on retiring, remember, you don't plan on dying. Now, and I, I, I respect your guy because 
I talk about it often. I There are so many investment managers that, one, they don't have a clue what their clients own because every new client that comes in, they put them into a different portfolio. And two, they don't own the same investments that their clients own. And it just, I my head spins. I, I, I can spit nickels. I get so upset when I think about it. I would not have it any other way. I own 100% of what I own is exactly what my clients own. I'm in our all equity strategy. So the only difference is I don't have any bonds because I'm very comfortable with stocks. Now, you're bragging because you're 53. How would you like to be me? I'm 61, um, 62 this year. And I'm, I'm 100% of my portfolios in the stock market. And I know that stocks will go down. And you're right, they will. And if you don't sell when they go down, they'll come back. So now you, what your guy has to do when he plans your retirement, any money that you take out of your portfolio to live on, he needs to take two years worth and put it somewhere conservative. This way, when, it's not if, when that next correction or bear market comes, you have two years worth of what you need to live on set off to the side, and you don't have to worry about it affecting your retirement. You're going to be just fine. And that's what your guy needs to do for you. But don't think you need to pull all of your money out of stocks just because you're retiring at such a young age. Okay. Yep, that makes sense. Um, he kind of alluded to something about that, but he he was kind of still putting me off a little bit in the sense of, you know, we're not quite there yet, even though I'm in the frame of two and a half years. He says, let's wait at least another year before we start figuring this out. But yeah. that, certainly makes, that certainly makes sense to me. Absolutely, because I guarantee you, Michelle, the stock market will go down again. I just can't tell you when. Yeah. Yeah. So you're thinking, I'm okay. glad you called and I'm glad you have a guy that's invested like you are. That's very admirable. And, um, when, when, when you meet with them next year, you know, kind of talk it out and remind him you don't plan on dying. Are you married? Yes, I am. My, my husband's already retired. <laughs> Good for him. Boy, you, you, you two did it right. Um, so always remember, well, you know, the chances you know, of, the the, the key to that, Steve, though, is that I don't have any kids, so oh. <laughs> kids are expensive. Oh, hey, kids, kids are expensive, and grandkids are even more expensive. Um, yeah. But but good good for you. So you and your husband, remember, the chances of one of you living well into your um, 80s is really good, and both of you lasting that long is really good and one of you more than likely will live into your 90s so that's a long time remember that when you when you when you do your retirement analysis okay great thank you so much i appreciate your help michelle thanks for calling 1-800-TALK okay. 1-800-TALK-WGY 1-800-825-5949 let's go back to the phone lines we have tom in rotterdam hello tom Hi, how are you today? I'm doing great. How about you? I've been listening to you for the last 15 minutes or so, and one of the things that I'm concerned about, and you can help me out, most employers have got away from the traditional uh, retirement systems, 
and then most of the people had to either go into a 401 or a plan, different plan into the you know into the stock market type situation. And the lady you just talked to, she's 55. I'm 75. Okay, and I really don't have <clears throat> uh, when I don't have a lot of uh, trust in the people that do this work. I really don't, because I got stung not once, but I got stung twice. I'm sorry to hear that. Oh two and oh nine, and you don't talk about them retirees, the retirees that have probably, and I'm included in that. I'm, I'm absolutely included. I didn't grow up in the stock market, didn't know a lot about it. Most of the people I talked to in my age group. And I'm going to say probably seven, and this is conservative, 75% of, the, of these retirees put their trust in people and didn't work out for them. Did not work out for them at all. And I'm going to jump, jump to 208, okay? In 208, we had a bad time. People lost a lot of money in the stock market. The uneducated ones had to take out of their out of their pot, out of their pot of gold, to educate, pay their bills, pay their college tuition, pay their car payment, all, all that stuff. For them to recover is literally, unequivocally, impossible. So they're going to be working till they're 75 years old, and you don't talk about that too much. And I understand why. But the biggest content, the biggest thing that happened to me, okay. And many of us, multiple employer pensions funds in 208 went down enormously. And I lost pension, 29% of my pension. I can't recover from that. And you say it's going to come back. Well, that pension money that them people had is not coming back. And there's many, many multiple employers that have a serious problem that their funds are not going to make it. So when you talk about what you can provide for, you're talking about a group that's young. You're talking about a group that's going to be in the system for 40 years. Not what we experienced. Not the tragedy in 208. Not to the tragedy in 202. I don't, again, and, I, and I'm not trying, I won't, I'm not bashing you personally, but the experience I dealt with, not very good at all. And you couldn't help. And maybe you could speak on it. At 208, under the multiple employers, how do these people that are 60, 65 to 70, 70 and on, how, how, do you, how do you range them? How can they recover? Because I was already on pension. So nobody's going to hire me at 65. I mean, 75 years old and retire and try to live out my uh, rest of my career or life, uh, I don't have any money to do that anymore. I had a downside. Yeah. So Go can ahead. I... Um, Sorry. No, 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 no. You know what, Tom? My, my heart aches for you because I'm not sure why you were burnt. I, I, I do know that 10 years ago, there were a lot of people in my world, financial advisors, 
that should have never been financial advisors because they were like deer on the highway with the headlights on them, and they didn't know what the heck to do. I get paid to take the emotion out of the decision-making process. I have, so about 80% of our clients are between the ages of 45 and 75. I have a lot of retirees. I have a client that just turned 104 years old. And we have her invested in the stock market, not 100%, but she loves the stock market. The stock market's why she has so much money. So you got well, bad. What, at 100, let, right let me at no. Where the hell is she going to spend her money? <laughs> That's she gonna she, spend the money? She's going to leave it. Leave it to her. Yeah, but why do you want to do that? You work for it. All right, all right. Why would you want to do that? Listen, I I have have children and grandchildren. To take care of my kids? I don't think so. Tom, you know, let let me just kind of answer the accusations you said on our industry. And there are some people out there that you are right. They should not be in our industry. They're selling high commission products. They could care less about their clients. They don't invest their money like their clients, like they invest their their clients' money. They're, they're they they should be pushed right out of the industry. I couldn't, I can't state that anymore. They're selling things that they shouldn't sell. Now I do this. I've been doing this for 30 years. I I lived through Black Monday, the credit crisis of '98 in Asia, the tech bubble, the Great Recession 10 years ago. And you're right. From October of 2007 to March of 2009, the S&P was down 53%. Investors on paper lost 53% of their stock investments. Now, our clients didn't lose because it was a paper loss. We get paid to make sure we don't let our clients make a bad move. And believe me, I had a lot of sleepless nights back then. I remember my 25th wedding anniversary was February 25th. And I, I told my wife, we, we, we are canceling any celebration because I need to be in the office, the market bottom on March 9th. And I was actually putting money to work the first week of March. I'm not sure there's a lot of investment advisors can that can say that. Now, I put money to work because I thought there was more upside than downside, and I knew that there were some unbelievable bargains. I wish I could live it over again because I would have even taken more advantage of it. But I, 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 I do what most investors won't do for themselves because they're thinking with their emotion. I can tell you my retirees, my clients who are retired, they didn't, you know, they didn't like it, but they knew I was there with them. And they knew I touched my clients when Lehman Brothers went out of business September 15th through December 31st of 08. I touched my clients 11 times. I stopped taking new clients. How many investment advisors can say that? So my clients, they didn't get hurt. And we were made whole within a year and a half. So our clients did recover, and our clients have they have quadrupled their money since then. So our yeah, clients, about- our clients did just fine. Our retirees, that's why I I say it week in and week out, Tom. 
that anybody who needs money over the next year or two, any retiree who's living off of their portfolio, that money should not be invested in the stock market. It should not be. They shouldn't get greedy. Now, my heart aches for you because you had a bad experience. But believe me, you're in the minority. And you shouldn't let that get in the way of, of having a prudent strategy that's right for you. You don't have to be young to be invested in the stock market. Most of my, we manage $550 million. Most of my retired clients are invested in our growth and income strategy, which is a 60-40, or our growth strategy, which is 80-20. Why? Because I take the time to educate them, to teach them that stocks aren't a bad word. It's not a swear word. It's not something to be afraid of. And we manage their portfolio in a very prudent manner. So most of our retirees have most of their money invested in the stock market. And they're doing just fine. We don't lose clients because of volatility. So you had a bad experience and my heart aches for you. I hope, I hope you find somebody. And maybe you want to come in and talk to us because... We do a good job, but but not everybody does a good job. There are a lot of good people out there. That Michelle, who I just spoke with, I admire her advisor. Her advisor is invested just like she is. If he's telling the truth, then I admire that. So tell me how how, how do I how do I live with a twenty nine percent cut in my retirement? So when you say a 29% cut, are you talking the pension? Like, do you get a, like a set check? Multiple pension. I I was under a multiple employer. Yeah, so. And under the Metro law. Nope, I know. So the problem, the problem with this is, one, if you work for a union, God bless you, because they don't know how to take care of their, all those people that are in a union paying money month in, month out for dues have been, I, I can't even use the word on air because Zach will have to um, bleep me out. But yeah, they the get they get hurt. The dues in. have everything to do with it, Tom, because they're paying dues for a union to take care of them, and the union doesn't take care of them. It's mismanaged. You look at just about every municipality throughout the country. They're mismanaged. They during the good times they spend all their money. They're not putting money into their their, their employees' pension plan. You look at most of the great companies out there, GE included, they owe so much money to their pension plans. You look at a company like U.S. Steel, you look at some of these airlines, they screwed their employees because they were mismanaged. And that's well, the talking? problem with the pension plans. What about the municipalities that are going to go, go on that? What about the states that are going on Look bad? at the city of Chicago. Look at look at look at the, every city locally. You know the problem with tax dollars and politicians is politicians have never been. Most politicians were never business people, so they're spending your money, my money as taxpayers. They don't know how to spend it. And I always tell every client, what you have to do is put money away into your retirement if you want to retire, and you have to be disciplined. And anybody listening that's not putting 10 to 15% away probably isn't putting enough away. So somehow, some way, if you want to retire, you have to be disciplined. But companies and municipalities 
are up against it. So they're so far behind, Tom, and it sounds as though you got caught up in this, and, and I'm sorry for that, but but it's it's not because of the investment managers. It's not because of the of the stock market going up and down. The stock market the stock market makes all time highs all the time. All the time. The stock market, if you look over the last ninety years, your average return in stocks is ten to twelve percent. Your average return in bonds is four to six percent. Inflation average is three percent. Stocks isn't a bad place to put your money. You got hurt. Because you had mismanagement for whether it be a union, a municipality, or a company that you work for, somebody mismanaged that pension plan, and that's why you took a cut, which is why I tell clients, don't rely on those pension plans. Make sure you have alternative B, plan B, that you're saving money yourself because somebody has to take care of you, and nobody's going to take care of you, Tom, better than you. Tom will take care of Tom better than anybody else. So you got hurt, but you didn't get hurt because of the stock market. You got hurt because the company you worked for was mismanaged. Uh, I'm gonna. Uh, we 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 could spend another hour talking about that. Okay. But I'd love how to. How come the government put into a multiple multiple employer reform act that there's a hundred at least two hundred multiple employers that are in trouble? And not every one. Some of these companies are very, very successful. Some of these laws that the government have in place. They're not regulated. Tom. Oh, yes, they are. No, what I'm saying is they're not held held accountable. We can talk for days on this. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) You're right, 100%. We could talk for days about this. I'll give you only one example, then we can finish up. The multiple employers, if you leave a pension fund, the government allowed that employer to leave, but they only had to pay the unfunded liability for 20 years. Only 20. Then it was on the back of the rest of the people. That's the government doing that. The government put us in a position, and on many other ones, because if I started with, with a, a five-year employee, that guy's going to go a long time. It's put on us. Yeah. I, I say us. It's uh, the uh, fund I belong to. Yeah. But the government put that in place, and it hurt us tremendously. Yeah, the point— Tremendously. Let me just wrap it up, Tom. The sure. point is you didn't do bad because of the stock market. You did bad because somebody mismanaged that fund. So the it stock is, market's uh, uh, the, the absolute best place to invest your money long term there's no better place than the stock market so you did bad because it was it was it was mismanaged and i get passionate about this because i look i i don't care what the budget is i let me let me sum it up saying this way every u.s taxpayer should have the same pension plan and health insurance that their congressmen have because they have the best the best health insurance and the best pension. You're 100% correct. We you're should have the, the exact same correct. benefits as they do. I don't have a lot of respect for our government leaders because right now you think about what's going on in Washington. Nothing is getting done. I mean, Absolutely. I am so sick and tired of hearing about collusion and impeachment. And, geez, 
for God's sakes, let's get let's get some things done. They're being paid. They're being paid well. Think about it. These are public servants that never had a job outside of the government. They go in with nothing, zero, and they come yeah, they spend out our money. and they come out being multimillionaires. How does that happen? How does Bernie Sanders become a multimillionaire with houses, numerous houses, and this and that, being a public servant, making? Not a whole lot of money. You tell me how that happens. We can go right down the list. We can probably talk about just about every powerful leader in Washington. How did they all of a sudden become multimillionaires? Millionaires. Immediate, multimillionaires. Not even a millionaire. Multimillions. Anyway, I'm, I'm not supposed to talk politics, Tom, but the stock market's not a bad place. And I gotta let so you go. Let, let, no, let I gotta, finish. I gotta let you go. I, I would love to talk to you, but we're coming up on the end of the show, Tom. Um, but call my office because I, I, I would love to have you come in, show you what we can do for you. I think, I think you would like that, folks. Listen, for those of you on hold, I'm sorry I can't take you right now. Come back next week. Let's hope we have more record highs. Let's hope the stock market continues to grow. And if you need us, look us up Boucher.com. Have a good day. This message is sponsored by Amazon. I want to get back to kissing the cheeks of my grandbabies, making Sunday dinner with a house full of family and lots of laughs. <laughs> COVID-19 has changed how we live and how we feel, but now there are vaccines. It's okay to have questions. Now get the facts. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccines. It's up to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council.